0: This episode is brought to you by Blossom, an easy-to-use app that thousands of Aussies are using to watch their savings grow. Blossom targets 3% per annum returns and the fund invests in fixed income for you. Our favorite thing about Blossom is that they make ethical investments and will plant a tree when you fund your account for the first time. It's free to join, so sign up through the web or download Blossom in the app or Play Store. You can get started with less than $1. Read more about Blossom in their PDS and FAQs at BlossomApp.com before getting started. Welcome to The Wrap,
1: a weekly podcast covering women's sports news. Mills, what have we got this week? Taking a look around the grounds, Netball has announced a landmark new pay deal. The W League is expanding and Jess Fox continues her dominance on the world stage.
0: For our key story, we'll discuss the third postponement of the NRLW season that has left eight players from New Zealand stranded in Australia. But first, let's take a
1: look around the grounds. In canoe slalom, our golden girl Jess Fox has taken out the double in the third canoe slalom World Cup event this year in Las U in Spain, winning both the C1 and K1 events. To provide a little bit of context around the canoe slalom, I guess, event calendar of the year, Um, so usually there's around four to five uh, World Cup events. You can win the individual events, and then after all five, there's someone that's crowned the World Cup overall winner, which is based on points. Separate to that, there's also the world champs. Um, So Jess has just competed in the World Cup in Spain. She heads next weekend to France to compete in the fourth and final one of the season. Um, And then at the end of the month, she has world champ, So a huge month coming off the back of Tokyo and to get that double gold in the first World Cup after Tokyo is huge. So she's just on fire, our golden girl. Can't do anything wrong at the moment.
0: In soccer,
1: with the 2023
0: Women's World Cup on its way, the Australian Professional Leagues, the APL, has announced a number of expansions that will see the W League attempt to keep up with the growing women's sports landscape in Australia. Over the next two years, the W League will be expanded by three additional teams, Wellington Phoenix, obviously from New Zealand, the Central Coast Mariners and Western United, who will be based in Melbourne. The season's due to kick off November 13, with Wellington Phoenix expected to be the only new club to be joining ahead of the 2021-22 season. The Central Coast Mariners are going to re-enter the competition in 2022 after they were dissolved due to a lack of funding after being part of the inaugural W League seasons in 2008 and 2009. These will be the first expanded W League clubs since the introduction of Melbourne City in 2015. In addition to the planned introduction of new- the new teams, they've also announced an extended final series, which means there's an extra prelim round, so the top two teams, the first and second team on the regular season ladder get a second chance if they happen to lose their first final round.
1: In netball, the Super Netball has announced a landmark new pay deal which will see Australia's top netballers earn up to 22% more and remain the highest paid female domestic club athletes in the country. So Netball Australia, the Australian Netball Players Association and the eight Suncorp Super Netball clubs have agreed to this two-year pay deal. The average potential maximum salary of contracted players will increase from just over 75000 to just over 91000 the average minimum player salary of contracted players will also rise 15% from 64,000 to 74,000 and from the 2022 season the minimum salary of all athletes will grow by 17% up to 43,000 from just over 36,000. The deal also provides further funding for training partners with their honorarium increasing from 3,500 to 5k per year. Um, This deal is supported majorly by the league's new broadcast agreement with the Foxtel Group, where every game of the 2022 season will be broadcast live and ad-free on Foxtel or KO Sports.
0: I think that deal is a great example of why we always encourage people to watch women's sport when it's on TV. Absolutely. I think it's such a good way for people who want to support women's sport and don't necessarily know how to make change. If you watch it when it's on TV, the viewership numbers are a great reflection for when – Um, leagues like this go to sponsors and go to broadcasters because they've got great data to show them and get paid deals, which then means the players can get paid more. And
1: broadcast deals are traditionally the biggest earners for clubs and and leagues for this. So, yeah, 100%, if you can switch on the telly and and watch these games and support the women, um, that's what we got to do.
0: In basketball, the final team for the FIBA Women's Asian Cup to be held next month in Jordan was finalised this week with 12 players and two reserves chosen from the squad who were available for selection. Uh, Some of the players who played for the Opals over in Tokyo at the Olympics were not up for selection. Some, after going through hotel quarantine, decided not to be available. Some for personal reasons and some because they want to prepare for the upcoming WNBL season. The Tokyo 2020 Olympic rematch between China and Australia will be played on September 29, and I think it'll be a great chance for some of these young up-and-comers and girls who haven't had um, the chance to, I guess, prove themselves on that stage will have a great opportunity to do so. Still on basketball news, the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, who are the new team coming in, and I think that name was voted on by the people, um, <laughs> they're making NBL history, becoming the first club in the league across 10 franchises to appoint a female board chair. Appointed to the role is Karen Nylander, a communications professional and company director. Uh, Karen said, Still in 2021, there is such substantial underrepresentation of women in leadership and executive positions, particularly in sport. Too often, women underestimate their ability and value to organisations. I hope that my appointment can go some
1: way in inspiring other women to lead whatever their chosen field. In tennis, world number one Ash Barty has been knocked out of the US Open after she was defeated to unseated Shelby Rogers of the United States in the third round. So Barty was a tad flustered at the start of the match and she had the yips creep into her game um, just when everyone kind of thought she was going to make it through to the fourth round. She was on the ropes after the first set. Um, it kind of flipped on its head. Um, she started racing through the second set and took an early break in the third set, winning seven straight games. However, it then flipped again with a bit of a plot twist. Barty served for the match at 5-2 with a double break uh, but was broken yet again. The match that stretched well over the two-hour mark saw Ash go down 6-2, 1-6, 7-6. So an unfortunate knockout um, early on in this one.
0: Time to chat Paralympics Mills. What an incredible
1: second week it was. Honestly, incredible. We actually just were watching on the television Ellie Cole walk out in that closing ceremony, one so proud of Ellie.
0: I reckon we should do Highs, Lows and Heroes again, Millicent. Me too. Chloe, kick us off. Tell us your Highs, Lows and Heroes. I think the high has to be the announcement in front of the House of Representatives last week. Um, so we kicked off a bit of a campaign, the Equal Campaign, when we found out the information that Olympic medalists get $20,000 for gold, fifteen dollars for silver and $10,000 for bronze and that... Paralympians when they do the exact same thing when they win a medal receive zero dollars. We were infuriated by this and we wanted to do something about it. So we started a GoFundMe that's raised over eighty thousand dollars now from an incredible amount of people who've got on board. And what what we loved the most about this entire thing was how many people shared this message and and shared our frustration that these athletes weren't being treated the same. Um, We've raised over $10,000 from the t-shirts that we've, we've sold. Um, and on Thursday it was announced by Scott Morrison that all Paralympic medalists would be receiving equal prize money after winning a medal in Tokyo. A huge moment.
1: Absolutely huge moment.
0: And I think for, I, I heard a few of the Paralympic athletes talk about this for them. It wasn't necessarily about the finance. It was more about the fact that they were actually being recognised as equal. So a really powerful moment. And just want to say thank you for every single person who got on board with this campaign and and shared the message too. My low during the women's T1 T2 road race. Um, Carol Cook, the Aussie rider who is sixty years old, an incredible athlete, um, wanted to repeat the gold medal she earned in Rio in twenty sixteen. Unfortunately, she got caught up in a collision with a couple of other riders early in the race in some pretty um, slippery conditions. And as a result of the crash, she actually had a collapsed left lung, had to be taken to hospital and have a chest strain inserted. From what we can understand, Carol is still recovering in hospital and isn't allowed to fly home just yet. So we just wanted to um, send our love out to Carol and, and wishing for a really speedy recovery. My hero, hard hard to beat this Madison de Rosario in the marathon. That was incredible. So the American made a really early break, I think similar to what she'd done in the 5k event earlier um, during the Paralympics. And she was out on her own probably over a minute and a half ahead of the pack that Madison was in. They gradually made their way. They caught up to her. They overtook the American racer. And it came to this point that was about two kilometers out from the stadium. Maddie said after the race that she had her coach, um, Australian icon Louise Savage surveyed the course. I think she actually made Louise go out and do the marathon for her before she <laughs> raced. Tactical, I like it. And Louise said to Maddie, "If you win this hill, you'll win the race." And it got to this point and Maddie started to overtake the the racer who was in first place. And you then just had to watch her hang on. It was so stressful and watching Maddie come into the stadium with the athlete in second place so close behind. Like I had tears. Watching Maddie,
1: and she managed to hold on, and it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment. It really was. I was actually standing um, in Coles doing my grocery shop, and I was uh, (laughs) had on my phone, literally walking around trying to get my groceries, and then that final lap around the stadium, I just had to stop in the middle of the aisle. Oh, incredible! What a way, especially that was the last event for our Aussie women at the Paralympics. So what a way to finish it on a high.
0: Great way. All right, Mills, you're up. High, low, hero from the Tokyo
1: Paralympics? Well, 100%, yeah, going off what you said earlier, obviously that um, campaign and the announcement from um, the government regarding this equal funding has got to be one of my highs of the year, to be honest. Um, But probably I'd have to go the back-to-back gold in the table tennis with Lena Lee and Kwan Yang. So when Lee won, that was the first ever gold medal for Australia in the women's singles at the Paralympics. And then Kwon Yang backed it up to win gold and they became the third and fourth ever gold medalists for Australia at the Paralympics. They also then went on um, a few nights later with Millie Tapper to win silver in the women's team event. So just an incredible week um, for our table tennis team in in the Paralympics. So yeah, the girls on that one. Yeah, the girls. Onto my low. I never want to say winning a silver medal at the Paralympics is a low moment because it's an incredible um achievement but I would have to say Lauren Parker in the triathlon it was Our Aussie Lauren Parker was winning for the majority of this triathlon race. So in the final leg of the triathlon, the literally within the last five meters of the event, um, she was heading towards that finish line and her US competitor literally just pipped her, uh, overtook her and it was by 0.05 seconds. Um, The photo finish was so close Um, so yeah, obviously I'm, I'm sure there was a a bit of disappointment in it, but I know that she put, and she said this in her post-race interview, she said, I put everything in it. And it was, she was giving it her all at the end and, and that's just how the race went. Um, but yeah, obviously disappointing. And I really feel for her in that moment. And then going into my hero, I've got to say it's Vanessa Lowe in the long jump. Um, she was phenomenal to watch. She not only won gold. And not only did she break her own world record, but she broke her world record three times within the event. So no one in the world had ever jumped that length before, but she did it not only once, not twice, but three times. And she broke it by 21 centimeters. So in long jump, that's a pretty decent amount.
0: I'd say so, yeah. Yeah.
1: So an incredible, incredible win by Vanessa Lowe. So yeah, she would have to be my hero of the week.
0: I love it. Overall, an incredible campaign by our Aussie athletes brought a lot of people an immense amount of joy during lockdown. So thank you and congrats on your amazing performances. Let's take a look at the key story.
1: The players of the NRLW have expressed their significant frustration with the further postponement of the NRLW season. Um, It was originally scheduled to start in August. It was then shifted to October, but now will be played at the start of 2022.
0: So this announcement came only a few days before the preseason was due to start. A lot of these players have other jobs outside of it because as we know with rugby league, it's a very part-time competition still for the women. A lot of these players have had applied for leave with their jobs, had special exemptions to compete in this competition. They were prepared to go into a hub, I believe 85 to 90% of the players when they were surveyed were prepared to travel to Queensland or wherever it was required for them to hub to allow the competition to go ahead. These girls consider themselves to be full-time athletes. They work all year round to prepare for a competition like this, and they were willing to put those sacrifices in place to enable them to do that. One of the major concerns that have actually Come out from this are the eight players who arrived in Australia from New Zealand in early July but are now in limbo after the border between the two countries closed suddenly due to a COVID 19 outbreak. So these players are technically unemployed because they're not um, under contract with the NRL at the moment and are stuck here in Australia trying to find a way to get home. I think a really big component of this whole ordeal is is there's a massive gap in the moment that COVID has really accentuated with women's sport. Male players who are full-time are able to relocate at the drop of the hat. And that's not to say that that's not a difficult situation, particularly when there's family and children involved for these players. But I think the nature of their work environment allows them to do that. For these female players, because it's part-time and they have a lot of other aspects to consider on the on the side, there needs to be a lot more effort put into this scenario where these girls are expected to make changes like this. These girls don't earn nearly enough to make a full-time salary from this sport, yet they're willing to treat it like one and willing to drop things to, to allow this competition to go ahead. So I think there needs to be massive change in this space to prioritize their well-being and allow them time to implement things to allow this competition still to happen.
1: Yeah, I think um, Ali Briggenshaw, who's the captain of the Brisbane Broncos, um, summed this up in her um, Instagram caption when she posted about it. And she said, extremely disappointing that our great game couldn't find a way to let us play. It's been a roller coaster past few months. And when I hear things like, we are only part-time athletes, that hurts. I classify myself as a full-timer. I put in full-time hours to be the best possible athlete and would move heaven and earth to play NRLW in 2021. To the players who are quarantining, I am thinking of you. To the players who don't know when they can get home, I am thinking of you too. I hope our game starts to value us like we value ourselves.
0: We'll keep you guys across this story as it progresses and I think the biggest thing the girls have asked for so far is, is for people to share this and for people to talk about it so that so that people know what's happening to them and, and that they want change to be made. And that's the wrap. See you next week, Chloe. See you then.